The blast from our past network. Welcome to Comics Underground, a podcast discussing comic books, graphic novels, and more. I'm your host, John Spees, and with me today is the Roger Dodger himself, Mr. Max Boyle. Hey, I like that. <laughs> That's fantastic. I was saying, John, this this is some new territory, mm-hmm. and I like it. I, I enjoy this. I like hearing you back into comics because we have our mutual friend, uh, mm-hmm. Tess, and, she, and, and Corey when they were doing... Um, yeah. OCD and I loved having you on as almost a regular on there so this is fun I I love to talk comics with you and just to talk nerdy stuff so I'm uh it's a pleasure to be here oh thank you and I I appreciate that you agreed to to come on uh knowing that I was desperate for guests (laughs) no I (laughs) no I say yes to every invitation well you know podcasting is fun at this point that I think I think we're just kind of all addicted to it Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, so, I got to say, I don't know if your listeners here know, but you did a little jingle for our podcast, Ready to Retro, and <laughs> it's Chelsea's Cool Cast. So if you want to hear John sing a little jingle, go on to Ready to Retro because it's awesome. And we play it and our guests <laughs> laugh. Like, I think, you know, there's been people like in the industry that have heard your voice sing. So, oh, really? That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> So it's fantastic. So this is this is my plug for you. So if you're looking for a little jingle, hit up John and uh, Fiverr and uh, get get it yeah. done because he does some great work. <laughs> Please do because I actually haven't had a I haven't had someone contact me in a while. There was a, a point where I was doing one a week for like a good wow. two months. That's awesome. Different podcasts and different um, uh, people had like some someone had a business project. They were just doing a presentation and they wanted a little jingle to start their thing off. So. I did a lot of that, That's cool. um, but you were the first one. Really? And, and oh, I gotta say, I'm honored. <laughs> I listened. I listened to the first episode that you used it, and I could almost hear Chelsea's eye roll. <laughs> <laughs> she loves it now. She loves it. I okay. Think good. At first, she was like, "What is this, Max?" But now it's like it's it's her theme. So, thank you, John. Yeah, thank you I, for making that because it is one of the highlights of Ready to Retro in every episode. I mean, you and you and Chris don't have your own theme on there, so we're not at Chelsea's level. We're not the Duchess of Horror level, not at all. So uh, before we get in, I have got to. I I can't have a beef with you because it's not your fault. It's my own team's fault. Y'all got my my man, Mister uh, uh, Freddie Freeman, this year. Oh, we're going the there. Dodgers. Okay. Oh yeah, we're going there. Okay. Um, I'm 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 bitter. However, I I do know it, essentially it's kind of the Braves' fault. Oh, they, absolutely. They basically let him go. Hundred percent. But I'm glad. I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to get through this. <laughs> I'm glad if anyone else had to have him, it was gonna be you guys. Oh. Not that whoa. I particularly like the Dodgers, but but I like you guys and you support the Dodgers, so at least you have someone who you can support that I believe in. <laughs> hey, well, that's true friendship. You know, what's you crazy go. is I called it like I was just like, hey, it's going to happen. Right. And I didn't think it was going to happen. I just threw it out there. And I was like, I'm hearing some murmurs. You know, I'm hearing some rumors. <laughs> and I couldn't believe that once they uh, the Braves got Matt Wilson, I was like, oh, my gosh, is Freeman actually going to come to the Dodgers? Like, I couldn't believe it. Right. 
Well, and I, he didn't he grow up in Southern California? I think yeah, that's he, why he picked the Dodgers because he was basically going back home. He grew up in the OC, which is funny because you know he could have gone to Anaheim, but who wants right. to go to Anaheim and you know have their career rot like <laughs> Otani and Trout? But I was actually it was crazy, man. I was uh, a few months ago. I was at this was like the first week of the season. It was Braves versus Dodgers, and I was there for Freddie Freeman's. First at bat against his old team, second pitch ever against his old team, Homer. Yeah. It was it was unreal. It was like that that's like career highlight stuff. So <laughs> as a Dodger fan, super super thankful that the Braves just didn't want to commit to him for his long term. So I'll Yeah, take and it. it was only like he was only asking like one more year. Like something like he they offered him five and he wanted six or something like that and, yeah. and they just didn't pull the trigger. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, that will be – there should be a, a ESPN 30 on 30 on that because I want to know what the actual reasoning was because it doesn't make sense. Yeah. All right, but none of you are here to listen to us <laughs> talk baseball. That's a different no. podcast. We'll, yeah. we'll be starting that one up later. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, Max, tell us what is it that we are talking about today? Yeah, we're going to be talking about the 2012 XO Man Award. And this is a uh, revival. This um, the is. The original XO Man of War came out in uh, 92. It uh, was created by Jim Shooter and Steve Englehart and Bob Layton and Barry Windsor Smith, whoever they were. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't. Bu- I didn't. It was too lazy to look them up. Um, but it was released on Valiant uh, Comics. Yeah. And then, if, if I'm remembering right, did it, did it went to a different comic one or Valiant was bought by someone else? Yeah, Valiant kind of just like died, and uh, then it 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 just they kind of spread out a little bit. They tried to do mm-hmm. different things, and it kind of just sucked. So they tried to go into the video game market. There's actually a EXO Man of War Iron Man game. It's called the Heavy Metal or something, and that's on like PlayStation. So they tried to like get their hands in mm-hmm. in all the you know pots and stuff. But let's remember, like in the '90s, comics were going kind of downhill like marvel almost went bankrupt and yeah. valiant didn't do well so um so yeah it, it got resurrected in 2012 and actually uh was named by uh the av club uh as the best revival of 2012 that's awesome which is av clubs in a, like a an online magazine newspaper yeah can I tell you a little bit about my history behind Valiant and stuff? Uh, sure. Okay, so 2012 was like the year I really got into comics. So like Avengers just came out, and I was like, you know what? I'm an adult now. I got some money. <laughs> Let's go spend it. So 2012 was like a great year to get into comics because that's when like the new 52 was just coming out. Uh, Marvel just did their um, turnover. Like that's when I think 2012 is when Spider-Man, you know, died and became okay. and the Superior Spider-Man, and that's like one of my favorite runs. And then Valiant came out, and I was like, oh, what's this? What's this Valiant thing? Because I didn't know about it from the 90s, and it just seems so cool. And the fact that like they were, they were they're ringing out all their books. So like mm-hmm. Harbinger, Exo Manowar, Ninjak. 
uh, Archer and Armstrong. It was it, uh, Bloodspot. It was just, it was cool. It was like, oh, this is different, and I'm not familiar with it, and I can just start from the very beginning and be a part of it from its inception. So I got into it, and it was cool. I, I really enjoyed it, and you know, I was telling my wife right before hopping on here, she's like, oh, what are you talking about? I'm like, Exo Manor. She's like, you really like that series? I'm like... <laughs> Yeah, I do. Like, I have to remember because it's been kind of a while since I've read this, but it's a right. great series. Um, well, I tend to ask all of my guests, uh, like, how you were introduced to the book, but you basically answered that question, so that's okay. awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, yeah, so we're going to do – it's just called Exo Manowar. It is the 2012 kind of reboot, if you mm. will. Um, it was written by Robert Venditti and was drawn by Carrie Nord, which I, is definitely a name I've seen before. Yeah. When I saw that, I was like, okay, I've seen I've seen his name around uh, some comics, so uh, I'm trusting I'm trusting that. Oh, you know what we didn't really do? What is that? We we kind of introduced you, but you know we didn't really say like where you're from, or you know, I didn't have you introduce yourself to everyone. So <laughs> we, why don't we, you go? We, with- we jumped straight into it. You know, yeah, <laughs> we did. Uh, just kind of t- tell the folks at home a little bit about you and yeah. what you got going on. So I see personally, I'm in my early 30s, um, 32. I'm from Southern California, so I'm like right outside of L.A. Uh, but the way that John and I know each other is I have a podcast called Ready to Retro with my cousin Chris and our friend Chelsea. We call her the Duchess of Horror. And basically it's an 80s and 90s pop culture podcasts um so of course you know adam and and john we've crossed paths and uh through their networks and and through um blast from our past and all that we've met some incredible people and it's been awesome and john has been on our podcast a couple times and uh yeah so you know it's just uh during the 80s and 90s, it was just a great time to be alive, and, you know, things were a little less complex and um, a little more simple, and it was it was good times. It was a good time to, to be alive in. You know, I've never asked this question, and I guess this is as good a time to ask it as any, even though you've been on our other podcast several times, and I've been on yours a few times. Yeah. Um, I never, I only know that at one point, Adam was like, hey, we're going to go on this one other podcast. And I didn't ever ask him how he, like how he met you guys. Yeah, it's we were part of a, a previous podcast, a previous project, and it was through there. And I don't know. I was just like liking a lot of just similar podcasts at the time, and I think okay, you guys were at Long Beach Comic Con. Yes, we were. Yeah, and I actually what's crazy is I actually just met Brett. Like a, a few weeks ago at Free Comic Book Day. Okay. The guy that did your guys' logo. Um, oh, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, that was cool. And, you know, it was – you're the connection point. Again, we have all these connection points <laughs> through you guys, which is just awesome. So, yeah, I mean, it was just going back and forth. And then uh, that was really the first time that we had other guests – that were from other podcasts. So it was, mm-hmm. you guys are like the gateway drug. So it's been great. I'll take it, man. <laughs> I'll take it. We've been high ever since. <laughs> All right. Well, so we are going to talk Exo Manowar volume one by the sword. Uh, I'm going to do a quick little rundown and read the description here. 
if you pick up the book and, and read it. The beginning of the all-new Valiant Universe starts here. Eric? I'm not sure if it's Eric or Arik. I've heard it both, and what's funny okay. is I've heard it both ways from creators. So, it's ah, <laughs> okay. stupid. I think Arik is the, mo- the, the more common... Uh, okay. Because it, it is spelled A R I C. So yeah, it's, it's Eric. It, yeah. it doesn't. It could be Eric, <laughs> but it it seems dumb to spell it that way, unless that's a traditional spelling that I don't know about. What's funny uh, is I have a friend named Eric, and he spells it like this. So oh, okay. I, I call him Eric, and he gets pissed. So <laughs> all right, well you call him Eric, so I'm gonna call him Eric. Eric uh, of Dacia is a brash warrior and heir to the throne of the Visigoth people. He has lived his life under the heel of the Roman Empire. But now, a far more terrible enemy has come to subjugate him. Taken from his home and family, Arik is enslaved aboard a starship belonging to a brutal race of alien colonizers known as the Vine. If he is to have any hope of escaping and returning to Earth, he will have to steal the Vine's most most powerful weapon, a sentient suit of indestructible armor, and become Exo Manowar. Hell yeah! That's so (laughs) awesome. I don't know. It's so epic. (laughs) It's so good. And and that's how this comic starts. It's just it's a epic, right? You feel like you're reading, you know, the the the, a history book with like, you know, it's just it's just so fantastic. And it's it's you get three hundred vibes. You get Troy vibes. You get Spartacus vibes. And then what I like about this story is it as it progresses, more and more twists happen, and you don't really know where it's going. Mm-hmm. So we kind of start out this book, and I will say I was a little confused. I did kind of, I, I you know, I didn't look ahead too much, but I the first thing you see is this like guy in like space armor with aliens around him, and then you <laughs> open the book, and you're in ancient Rome or ancient Italy or you know southern Europe or whatever yeah with and a war between uh, the Visigoths and the Roman legion or the you know the Roman army and uh, the Visigoths are getting their asses handed to them yeah they they suck <laughs> it's the Roman Empire I mean let's be real right <laughs> and they're gonna retreat which is honestly probably the smart move and then we meet Arik, and he is not having it, man. He's not He's like, retreating. No, no, we are going forward. So down he goes uh, with his father behind him and someone else. I didn't bother to check his name. <laughs> and surprisingly, he starts to do well. Um, you, I mean, if you look at it, the numbers are still not in his favor, but... You know, it's kind of like uh, watching Braveheart, where you don't think they're going to do it because they're outgunned and outnumbered, and just the sheer tenacity of it is what gets him through the battle. Totally. Arik does not mess around. He hates the Romans with a passion. Well, they've, you know, they've enslaved his people, and uh, although they, at one point, they are seeming to, seeming to be, uh, getting overrun so they do retreat back to the camp and that's when we find out that they the romans sacked the camp mm-hmm. i guess while they were gone and uh his Arik's wife wife and kids or just wife i think it's wife i don't know if he has kids okay yeah 
uh, was taken, uh, all along with uh, several other women that were in the camp. And I, I think his mother, too, actually. Yeah, like his whole family. Like, it's just basically all the, like, women and children, they get captured. Yep. And his father dies, and Arik is just... It, he go he goes crazy. Is berserk rage rage. Yep. Berserk, I yeah, it's kind of like a berserker. I like that. Yeah, he does seem to have strength. And they come over a hill, and the <laughs> you turn the page in the panel. The next thing you see is a spaceship. It's and awesome. here's where I started going. What the fuck <laughs> is going on? Because because you don't see like sci-fi space. Meshed him with like you know, Greek mythology or like Romans and warriors and mm-hmm. you know you just don't see that so it's cool and and I, we got to say that the art, at least I'll I'll say for myself sure. the art's fantastic in this like I feel like each panel each uh, window is just it it brings you into the story and like I can see it visually like a like a movie. Um, I think it, it really brings you into the story. I will agree with you there. It is drawn very well and is very much like a like a storyboard of its of you know the story of this is what if this were a movie this is what the shot would look like and yeah um, you know planned out as such. I I, I did enjoy the art. Um, it's very um, you know it's not overly how do i say this without sounding condescending it's not overly <laughs> artistic like it's just a it's just comic book art mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know you can you can see the plain lines they're they're not he's not trying to do anything weird or creative and you know what sometimes that's warranted and sometimes i just want to read the story yep. and clearly see everything that's going on in the story and in this case very easy to see yep and uh they somehow uh get the jump on these guys uh, despite the fact that they have some sort of uh energy blasters <laughs> uh but they are they are they are initially outnumbered the aliens are initially outnumbered and they kill them <laughs> and then they turn around and i like the chaboom chaboom uh Cla- classic it's, yeah. it's it's classic yeah. sometimes i i love the sort of onomatopoeia sounds that they'll write in there cuz especially if they do it right you really can hear it in your head, yeah. And uh, now they, now the uh, Visigoths are outnumbered, and they get taken prisoner. But beforehand, and I will say, this was it was a little sneaky because I totally forgot that this happened. Uh, we see the aliens going into a tent. They take a baby, take a strand of his hair, and basically turn one of their own into a human. Yep. And replace him. Yep. Which I'm guessing they took the other baby, but I'm they don't really say what happened. I'm assuming honestly they just probably killed the baby. Or used it for slavery later I, on. I, maybe. Yeah. But what's crazy is like you mentioned, they don't really address this this little panel until like issue four. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we'll talk about that. That little twist that happened in the end. And at first I'm like what? Why are we back here? What is going on? And then I remembered this particular panel, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, now I see what happened here." And they, you know, they try to fight them off, but they're, they're not successful. Not at and, all. And they get taken as slaves uh, to another planet. And I wonder how long they were on the ship. 
I mean, it's you know, it's comic book time, so right. they have some sort of warp drive, I'm assuming. Yeah, we kind of find out later on, but yeah, okay. but it, it it's 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 great. I mean, yeah, I mean, just Eric Arik gets <laughs> angrier and angrier, right? Like he's just like, yeah, he's just he's fueled by anger and revenge, and that's just his motivator. It and is, I think, and I will yeah. I will admit. It got a little annoying at some point. It's kind of like, man, you are, dude, you've got to be smart about this. Um, We're more so- uh, sophisticated now. <laughs> that know? is true. No, that I, is- I I read something that was like genius level now was like non-existent like two hundred years ago. Mm. Like the fact that like the 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 modern person now has so much knowledge and comprehension and experience that it's like it's not even. You can't even compare it to like 200 years ago, so I, I could see that. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> we're 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 developing and we're, you know, morphing. Well, it's we have vast more um, access to yeah. information and you know all kinds yeah. of things, so it's understandable. Anyone and two th- year two hundred years ago who was living on a farm probably only knew <laughs> what was within the boundaries of their farm and maybe only just beyond. Right, and probably about 15 people. So, right. you know, there's not a lot of experiences. And in 300 years from now, you know, people are going to have mutant genes and they're going to be turning things into fireballs and stuff. That's what I'm hoping for at least. I I wish I, I wish I could see it. <laughs> I wish I could I wish I could live to see it or, you know, just get just give me a, a glimpse. Yeah. Give me a glimpse that eventually humanity is going to be okay. <laughs> That's true. Cuz I worry true. sometimes. Yeah, no, for sure. So, they're on the ship, you know, Arik does his thing, choking out guards, trying to escape, and they come across this ceremony with this little metallic-looking ball and uh, a priest that kind of looked like a... And these aliens have are kind of insect, insectoid-looking, I would say. Yeah, I mean, they're cool. The vine are cool. Like, the, it's a unique look. With the yeah. six eyes and stuff. Six yeah. eyes, mandibles. Um, <laughs> it kind of reminded me of a humanoid version of the bug alien from uh, Men in Black. Oh, that's a good call. I like that. So yeah. if you took if you took that alien and you kind of made it look more human, um, it's kind of got it has the same like mandibles in front and uh, the. Six eyes and stuff like more that. muscular. I would say more yes. muscular. More yeah. muscular. Yeah. Um, and there's a priest, and they are uh, having this one alien try on, basically try on the armor to see if he is worthy. And at first, think he's going to be worthy. And uh, what's funny is it takes a while because you you see the panel of the alien putting on the armor, and you know I do like that they're, uh, the humans cannot understand the aliens yet. And I don't know if the aliens can understand the humans because they really don't give you uh, any kind of indication that they can. No, I, I think that the the Vine think that the humans are so below that they wouldn't even, like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's below them, right? Why would I learn their language? They're beneath right. me. Yeah, yeah, there's no way. And then they get caught and get hauled away. And it's not until then that we see uh, what happens to uh, our armored friend. And uh, the armor rejects him. 
he gets messed up. Green boogers coming out of his <laughs> nose and everything. Like someone give him a, a Kleenex because his head had just exploded. So clearly he was not worthy. Um, and we kind of move on with our story. They're um, in jail. And we move on to the next panel or the next issue. So now we're, that was basically how we ended up issue number one. We got issue number two. What's the first thing that we see right off in, in issue number two? Brown, Sex scene. Brown, brown. <laughs> Uh, a, f- a flashback to uh, Arik and his uh, wife uh, getting it on in the tent, and uh, he's he's got to leave, and she wants him to return, and he's we flash in, and he was clearly been dreaming about probably probably the last time he saw his wife. That's the worst. Yeah, like imagine or- my that the last time was like. A really good time, right? I don't know. Is that good or bad? I, don't I was know. I, I like... was gonna say <laughs> it's it's a good memory, so you you'd hate to leave on a bad memory, you know, like they right. were fighting or something. Uh, I'm gonna say it was a good memory. I didn't, when I first got to this, I was like, oh, I didn't know we were going that far. But this is as far as it goes. I mean, you see yeah. a little skin, nothing X-rated. No, um, this this is rated T, I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I not, can see that. Uh, but clearly he's been dreaming and he's back in and um I have to say for a very advanced race of aliens their go-to staff is <laughs> basically just a spear. It's a scalpel. Yes, you're right. <laughs> it is a giant scalpel. Yeah, it's it's not very advanced. Maybe it's limited. They're, they they uh yeah, they ran out of material. <laughs> So only only their army can have guns and stuff. Yes. But yeah, it is kind of silly, but they have to make it kind of fair, I guess. That is I actually did have that same thought. I don't know why I didn't bring it back when I first saw it. I was like, that is a giant scalpel. <laughs> and they take him to this garden that's inside the ship. Yeah, it's cool. That is pretty cool. And they're not feeding them or anything, which I I gotta say, it does seem kind of dumb because you only have if you know, unless you're repeatedly going back to Earth to get more slaves, you right. need to keep the ones you have alive. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, go ahead. No, I was gonna oh, say it. That panel with the the colors, right? I, mm. I love it because it's like you got these futuristic looking like plants it almost looks prehistoric and then mm. in the background you have the, the stars and it's like the galaxy i don't know it, it reminded me a lot of like james cameron like i could see james mm-hmm. cameron directing this movie if it was ever made you know it just yeah. it gave me some avatar vibes for sure what i did like is so just within the first three pages of this of book number two first thing is fairly bright it's a happy memory you know, lots of light, not too much color, but at least a lot of light. Mm-hmm. The next page you go in, he's in the he's in uh, he's in the prison or in the cell. Everything is dark. The colors of, are subdued. And then the next page you go to is this one revealing the the garden area, and mm-hmm. it boom, it brights, it's bright and vibrant, and it it's a good juxtaposition of how they kind of went from bright to dark to bright, and that and I I appreciate that because you're you're bringing in kind of the mood, even though the garden is not necessarily a good mood, but 
it's something different than just like the cell and the halls of the spaceship and you know stuff like that yeah because even in the midst of all the brightness there's like violence and there's slavery going on so it's like you know i'm just going along with what you're thinking but like yeah so it's light dark and then they both come collide yeah because uh even like the 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 guards are a little darker in shadows and stuff the slaves have um shadows on their faces so yeah that's a good call john and they're they're supposed to be doing something with the with the vines and these what kind of look like fruit and one guy tries to eat one and they uh knock him the fuck out <laughs> yeah the vine they well you find out that it's not fruit, but it's no. actually eggs. Yes, it's their young. Which, to be fair to the uh, to the vine, I would have the same reaction if somebody tried to eat my young as well. So for sure, you know, I mean, you know, if 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 they had been forward thinking, they would have found a way to communicate with them to tell them that that's the young. Of course, then they might have gotten mad and then tried to destroy them as fast as you know possible. But you never know, right? And I think if they were to tell the slaves what they were, the slaves probably would have destroyed them anyways. Yeah, so. sabotage them in yeah. some way. Yeah. Uh, and then, man, uh, we get a little uh, um, kind of a, a Jamie uh, Lannister action going on here. <laughs> and uh, Arik gets his hand chopped off. <laughs> and at this point, I scrolled all the way back to the front, and I'm like, he's got both hands. Uh, picture what is going on uh, and maybe it's just it was like all right maybe it's just the cover so then i came back i'm all right well this is the journey we're going on and uh they haul him back and they don't even heal him he has to rip his own shirt in order to kind of make a a makeshift tourniquet to stop the bleeding luke skywalker got way better treatment than Arik did well to be fair he got his hand chopped off by a uh a lightsaber lightsaber. which cauterizes the wound that's true as soon as it goes through that's true. Uh, Arik was not so... He got scalpeled. He got scalpeled. <laughs> he got his hand scalpeled. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I mean, to be uh, to be honest, I, I don't know in truth... I mean, he's a, he's a tough son of a bitch, but I don't know if in truth he really would have survived. Uh, but, I mean, he was smart enough to uh, wrap his uh, wound and uh, I'm assuming tight enough to, you know, cut off the blood flow so it's not leaking yeah. out his arm. It is remarkable that he survived. Yeah. And then we jumped to, jumped to years later. Don't even know how many years. No. Nope. Um, I know that they they see, he still has his thing wrapped, but I'll be honest. I would have thought that by now the skin would have healed over it mm. and it would just be a stub. Right. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm fine with, uh, with overlooking that. So it's hard I think to it, say. I think the reason why they did that is because it's probably really hard to draw a stuff. <laughs> they're like, that doesn't, that uh, doesn't just look like they stopped at the hand. Yeah, they're like, I, I, I haven't, I don't have a lot of experience drawing stubs. How about we just <laughs> put the napkin on it or put, put the towel around it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Okay, that wasn't in my contract. I didn't sign my contract <laughs> to to say that I could draw stubs. So. Yeah. Wasn't in my portfolio. And they're back in the garden. This is clearly all that they do is they get up, they work in the garden, and they hear something about 
um, oh, what was it called? The compost room, mm-hmm. which I'm guessing is uh, what they do with the dead bodies. Mm-hmm. Is they compost the dead bodies to be fed to the ground of the the vine younglings or eggs or whatever. And they talk about how horrible it is, which it does sound bad. Yeah, but the vine, at least they're thinking ahead. They're, That's they're, true. They're, they're, they're being economical. Humans are terrible. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they're thinking about their environment. Yes. You know, sustainability. They're on a spaceship. They gotta. They gotta take advantage of you know everything they can. They went green a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as they're done, then we see that they are definitely planning some sort of revolt. Um, they get plans of the ship from someone who works in a different place, someone who's been making a map. Um, they've been apparently making bows and arrows and blades and whatever they can. Um, mm-hmm. I'll be honest, it was a little iffy on how they were able to hide a bow from... Like, unless, the cap- unless the captors don't like care so little and think so little about them that they're not really paying attention. Which is possible. With the way that they talk to them... I I could I would buy that. Yeah. So they're trying to make their escape, you know, uh, ambush the guards. <laughs> I like the little panel of you see thunk and it was an arrow that went through its mouth all the way <laughs> yeah. through. Which that's means that dope, that was that's a that's a that's a bow with a lot of poundage on it. That's awesome. It goes all the way through. And, and I like that he gets his revenge, a hand for a hand, and <laughs> scalpels one of their hands. Got gotta gotta mention that definitely. You know, you know, I'll say about this is, um, I was thinking about it. Arik got himself in this situation because he acted alone, mm-hmm. and the way that he got out is he had to work to, with a team. There, that was the only way he was going to get out. So even that is like learning how to adapt and for survival, right? Yeah. Um, because I, I thought it was like really, you know, it wasn't explicit. It was really kind of um, downplayed. But I, I just thought, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool that he needed to rely on people to get out. Where, you know, he was just like sword blazing and, and just, you know, berserker status going into the situation. So he's learning. Yep. And they make it uh, out to one of the co- this, this I, I will say, this part I did find a little unbelievable. They're confronted with at least a dozen uh, Vine soldiers with guns, mm-hmm. and somehow they're able to take them all out. It's because they went through them. <laughs> Arik said, we go through them. So, <laughs> And apparently they have uh, very, very slow reactions uh, <laughs> on, their, on their trigger fingers. They were ambushed. Yep. Um, and they go, Ari goes in to the sort of temple area and the armor starts to peel apart from the ball that it's in and gets attached to him. And the, uh, priest is obviously mad because this is sacrilegious. Yeah. And he's bleeding out of his nose. So clearly it's like, oh no, he's not, he's not going to make it. Of course we've seen the cover, so we know he is going to make it. Right. <laughs> The soldiers, other soldiers break break in. It looks like this is it. This is the end. You know, this is where the twist would happen in the movie. And then, boom. The green Man flashes. Of War. Yeah. That's awesome. 
I, I wish that the on the second to last panel where the green, you know, fires from Arik, mm-hmm. I wish that was bigger. I, I felt like that was like kind of too small. That I, I agree yeah. that that should have been a bigger moment. It, it yeah. seems like the two bigger panels really weren't as important as the next two, and those it, it should have been those those middle two panels where it's just showing the soldiers uh, pointing weapons at the men and the priest um, telling him to kill them is smaller than what happens next of them click. Obviously, it's it says click, which means. In our terms, it means they're chambering around. Of course, they're right. laser guns, so you don't really need to change your chamber around <laughs> in a laser gun. Um, and then they, them getting their their uh, heads blown off—that is the more important thing. So, yeah, I mm-hmm. agree. I think those two panels, especially the one, uh, the green panel, should yeah. have been bigger. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but then the very end of this uh, this particular book ends with uh, Man of War in the suit. Pointing his pointing his arm, clearly uh, he's got uh, wrist blasters of some kind, uh, and still no hand. True. Which I appreciated yeah. that they just didn't automatically give him a hand. No, it, there's some continuity in there, and and that the fact that it's like a, a full page is awesome. I mean, that's like I feel like that could be a poster, you know? Yeah. Um, it, when you have the vine and the silhouettes, mm-hmm. and then this like the light shining down on. Arik and everyone's like on the floor. You only see Arik's face. Yeah. Um. I think that's a cool poster. Like that would be awesome in in a room, like your comic room or mm-hmm. game room or whatever. So yeah. I could I could I could see that in my wall when I was a teenager. Yeah. Totally. All right, and uh, kind of move through, uh, three. Uh, we'll move through book three. Basically, they continue their escape, and I have to say I've. <laughs> I was very happy when uh um oh, what is that guy's name? Gofty or something like that. Oh, his yeah, friend, yeah, his yeah. buddy, waxed the priest in the head with the uh, uh with the end of the staff or the scalpel. Because he that's all he he talks so much is about, oh, uh the armor has chosen someone and blah 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 and obviously they don't understand him and he finally just knocks him unconscious. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? Thank you. I, cause I had enough of listening to that fool talk. And and his line is awesome. Enough of your foul chittering. Because like, that's, like- that's probably all it sounded like to him was just a bunch of chittering. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, uh, Arik's hand grows back. How terrifying was that? Like, you could feel it and just, oh, that would be so freaky, dude. I don't know, man. I- I'd be freaking out. That would be scarier than, than the the suit coming on you is if your hand that's been gone for three years or whatever just right. starts to grow back. And I wonder how, how obviously it was painful cause they, you know, he, he's screaming. Yeah. But I mean, so here's the question. If you know the suit's going to grow your hand back, are you just, are you less careful? Cause you'd be like, ah, I'll, the suit will grow me back, you know, whatever I need. Ooh, but if it's that question. painful, you're really going to want to deal with it. Right, kind of like Deadpool, right? Right. Yeah, like he feels it, but he can regenerate, so. <laughs> but, I mean, it's Arik we're talking about, so we know he's going to go guns blazing. Yep. He doesn't care. He just wants revenge, and he has hatred in his heart. <laughs> and I have to say, it's it's quite a few. It's what, one, two, three, four, five, five pages until we finally get to the title page, essentially. 
Yeah. Um, of them, uh, you know, kind of going into um, what I'm guessing is some sort of like big. Uh, uh, what's it? Hell's the name of the place called where you hold the ships? It's like a hangar or something. Yeah, hangar. Why couldn't I come up with the word hangar? <laughs> it's been a long day. I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> All good. And this one's called the Road to Rome, which means hey, we might be heading back home. Hey. So there's a big battle. People die. His homie dies. Yep, homie dies, which I kind of expected that was going to have to happen. Yeah. I figured that Ark was going to be the only one who really got out of this live because yeah. he's got the armor. Nobody else exactly. has got anything except mm-hmm. for maybe a few of the guns they stole and some giant scalpels. And he's kind of discovering a bunch of new powers as he goes along, or new things that the uh, uh, suit can do, which is pretty impressive considering he's thinking in terms of, you know, 7th century uh, Visigoth. Although he, right. I guess he's been on the ship for a few years at this point. He's used to it. Um, he may not understand it, but he's at least used to it. Mm-hmm. And we find out he can kind of levitate and fly. He's super and, strong. Yep. And uh, I do like that we get a little bit of a show-off with, uh, or showdown, excuse me, with uh, the giant uh, mech suit that we see yeah. in the first book. Uh, even though there wasn't too much fighting going on in that first part, it's a nice little callback to that. To that and uh, and they f- square off. And I like that he just plows right into the screen and like is trying to crawl in to, to kill him. Yeah. But uh, the vine, the vine's a little, uh, is a little sneaky. It attaches a couple of bombs to him. Yeah, and there's a lot of red and orange on that panel. <laughs> Everything just blows up. Yes. <laughs> and uh, a huge boom, which we all have since learned from our science classes that there would actually be no boom in space. The explosion would happen, but you wouldn't hear anything. Right. Because you can't hear anything. But that's anticlimactic, John. Yes. Yes. I, give, <laughs> me, give me the sound of the Death Star blowing up any time over the actual sound of what the Death Star would be blowing right. up. Right. it's just more entertaining. Freaking science. <laughs> Ruining my fun. <laughs> and uh, he's kind of knocked unconscious and floating out in space now. And here, the only thing I don't quite understand what happens is this. He's, he's, he's seems to be seemingly knocked unconscious. Right. He's got a crack in, in, the, in the visor of his suit. So damage has been done. And he's, he's starting to, you know, he's remembering the last thing that his wife said to him. And he just says, Rome. And, uh, you know, we get a nice little, a nice little suspense where they're going to, he's outside the ship. So they're like, shoot him, shoot him. And then he disappears. Yeah. Didn't know the crazy. suit could do that. No, it's crazy. And then. So, let me ask you. I'm, yeah. I'm assuming you've read uh, most of this series. I have. Is that a power that he uses again and again? When it's convenient. Okay. <laughs> when it's convenient to the story? Yeah. Okay. When it's a plot device. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. No, Fair but that's the enough. thing. Like, as Arik moves forward with the story, the suit and him kind of blur lines. And okay. that whole chestnut, right? He becomes yeah. one with the suit. Suit becomes him. All that stuff. Yeah. And then, so, uh, you know, you turn the page, like, okay, he's gone back to Rome. But then it says, Italy, now. 
which means he's bum, lost bum, a lot bum. of time. So, I mean, the question is then, when the aliens left and went to wherever they were going, they clearly had to be moving at the speed of light for so much time to have passed. Right. And so I'm, and also possibly, possibly, um, the suit moves at the speed of light. But then there's something else that I'll, I'll bring up that was a little confusing because it's not really, it didn't seem to jar with the the science in my head. But a lot of this isn't supposed to jar with the science in my head, so I really should just fucking leave it. Science, it's science fiction. It's science fiction. Yeah, <laughs> John, I don't know if you know this, but this this isn't real. I, Damn it! I expect all <laughs> of my all of my superhero comics to be rooted in reality, especially ones with laser eyes and flying and. No, not, and and six eyed creatures. Exactly. Yeah. I believe the six eyed creatures. I mean, I you know if you told me there were six eyed creatures with mandibles uh, out there, I would not blink an eye. Okay, this is a total like side tangent. We could be quick on it, but do you believe that there's lizard people in the world in the in the core of the earth? In the core of the earth? No. 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 But you you believe that there's lizard people among us? Among us? No. No, but <laughs> no. there, but but there are lizards. Okay, what do you believe then with lizard? Well, people? if you if you subscribe to the to the to the actual multiverse theory that there yeah. there, there has to be lizard people some at some point of existence, um, and I, at some point there's got to be a universe where the lizard people are the ones who uh, became the dominant intelligent species on Earth. Okay, um, fair. I, I don't. I I I I can't believe that it's here now. Okay. Uh, especially not in the core where it's, you know, not exactly as hot as the sun, but it's pretty right. damn close. It's it's pretty hot. Yeah. I was just picturing you, lizard form, still <laughs> having a still having a beard though. <laughs> With a tinfoil hat on. <laughs> so uh all right. So Arik crashes into the Coliseum, which means that when he kind of Stands up. It's something he recognizes. Um, yeah. Even though I'm sure he hates it because it's the Coliseum. Right. And then, you know, he feels oh, he can breathe the air of the Earth. He feels back home. Uh, I wonder how I wonder how different the air smelled and tasted. Oh, like, yeah. you know, because nowadays, even in Rome, I get even in standing in the middle of that, I smell. I gotta say, it's it's gotta smell at least a little bit like exhaust. And He's probably coughing. Yeah. He's probably like, "Ooh, what is this?" Smell? Exactly. I'm, 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 I'm sure the air was much cleaner. A lot more trees. Yeah. Absolutely less hot. Yeah. And, uh, and we see uh, a bunch of uh, tourists who take his picture, and he doesn't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> Police show up, surround him, and of course, he thinks they're Romans, which actually technically they are Romans. It um, is true. But. Uh, he doesn't know that, you know, the Visigoths are gone and the Romans no. technically, I guess, won. Because all he wants to do is get back to home to his hot wife <laughs> and to kill the Romans. That's all he wants yeah. to do because that's 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 his fuel. That's his like that's his motivator. Yeah. Not even like the vine. Like he can care less about the vine. The vine's just in the way of him getting to the to the Romans. Yeah. And I love that that last that last image, it's just Roman pigs. The more of you, the better. Like, yeah. He's just crazy. Teeth, dead he's eye crazy, stare. Crazy, dude. And then boom, end of issue. 
and I can I can imagine like reading through this issue when it first came out and getting to the end and be like, all right, here we go. Oh no, that's the end of the issue. Now I gotta wait till next month for of the next course. one to come out. Of course. That is the beauty of waiting. Um, sometimes I will say I will do that if there's a run that I think is going to be particularly good. Um, there's a current run of Swamp Thing that I have mm. not heard nothing but great things about. Yeah. I've been collecting the run since about issue three came out. I haven't read a single one. I'm waiting for – at first it was supposed to be a 10-issue run, and then they extended it to 16. So okay. I'm waiting for all 16 to come out before I read it. Okay. Which would just be the same as waiting for like the yeah. trade paperback to come out. <laughs> yeah, but, but but you get it sooner. Yes, but you get that, to read it. Sooner. I don't have to wait for the trade to come out. As soon as that exactly. last issue comes out, I'm gonna I'll barrel through all 16 right. issues, and it'll be worth more money too. Fair, yeah. yeah. Are you reading yeah. anything nowadays? Did you had any like you're reading anything new? So okay, so I talked about like. 2012 getting really into it yeah um it got to a point where i had so much comics that it was it was a problem <laughs> you might say i had some issues so oh. it was it was yeah it was bad uh it was so bad that my local comic book store like i had a pool and it got so big he just like absorbed my pool into the back <laughs> issues he was like max this is like years of like you're never going to catch up, man. I was right. like, fair enough. So I kind of just have gone in and out. Um, like storage is an issue, you mm-hmm. know, like like that's just real, right? Yeah. And I haven't spent time because it would take hours to go through. What do I want? What do I want to keep? What do I right. want to read? And then so um, the one thing that I regret not continuing reading is Saga. Okay. Like, I wish I've, I wish I've I, not read any of it, but I've heard oh, nothing. Oh, John, but, I've heard nothing it's but good so things. So good, dude! It's so good. Um, I'm sure somebody will come on and talk saga on this well, podcast, especially now that they know that I haven't read it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so good. So uh, that's the one thing that I regret. Um, and then I guess EXO came out again, which I think I do have. Like I have a stack of comics that mm-hmm. I just bought that I haven't read, like. So I need to do that. But um, <laughs> since having Comixology, that makes it easier. I yeah. just pick up a volume, skim through it, and that's how I get my comic kick right now. That's fair. And yeah. when I started going, like, I really started hitting it hard when uh, the pandemic hit. I had started mm. to do it, and then when I had a lot more time, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start reading a lot more of the stuff. And um, initially I was like, I'm only going to get trades because I'm just going to go back and read some of the stuff that I missed over the last you know decade and a half where I wasn't reading right. comic books. And then sometime last year, I was like, you know what? I want to, I want to have that feeling again of going in and reading something brand new. So, yeah. I have a small pull box. I only have like maybe six or seven things on my pull list, and two okay. of them are for my kids. So, okay, you know, my Fair. my I got a couple of Star Wars comics for my son. That's fun. Um, my daughter's way into Stranger Things, so there's a Stranger Things comic that comes out. I that on it's on the pull list for her. Yeah, and then a, a few other things here and there. Mostly DC stuff, surprisingly. The DC stuff is, is really good right now. Yeah, I, I kind of got burnt out on the Marvel stuff because it kind of just got staled. Yeah. And then it was just always going to like this epic, you know, um, summer event, which was, we already seen it. We've already seen this summer event. It's like Secret Wars again or right. A versus X again. Like, we've already seen it. It's cool, but let's come up with something different. Yep. All right, we uh, we better get through this last uh, all right. Let's issue, do it issue before we end up taking way too much time. And uh, all right, so we see 
the aliens uh, basically vowing to destroy. I like that there's like infighting in there between them. It's not just one commander who goes over to everything. There's the priest. Mm-hmm. Some of the military guys don't really believe the priest. And there's one kind of commander who's like, well, I see the point of both sides. So I appreciated that they had some, like, you know, it feels like a fleshed out civilization, not yeah. just them blindly following the leader. There is some, you know, independent thought and, and uh, infighting between them. There's definitely a lot of world building, which I appreciate yeah. about this first volume. It's a lot of world building. And it's kind of like Valiant does really well in that. It's kind of like D&D in that aspect where they're building characters or building attributes or building this world, which is, I think Valiant does really well. Cool. Uh, moving on, we got Eric, Arik, Arik, his showdown with uh, the cops at the Coliseum. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of flies up. Uh, they shoot a missile at him and all it does is kind of knock him over. I kind of like, we got a, you know, we got the target destroyed and then right. he comes flying through. We got Maverick on the scene now. <laughs> very, very kind of reminiscent of the uh, the Avengers movie. Target angry, target angry. Uh, yeah, yeah. With without so many words, and uh, I tell you what, Arg is is really uh, adapting well to this suit. He's uh, oh yeah, he's knowing what it can do and fly. And if you know what, if it, I will say, if it can grow his uh, his hand back, obviously the suit is intuitive. Um, because it grows his hand back when he needs it. He knows what he needs. It gets to the point where they're going to put him on missile lock, and the suit changes. They don't really show it changing. They just, all of a sudden, you look, and, it, and it's different, and it's more angular. Mm-hmm. And he says, I, I can't get missile lock because he has some sort of stealth tech now. So uh, clearly there is some sort of uh, sentientness. I mean, clearly you could see that when it was choosing people. Um, but it's right. you know it's adapting to the situation as they go, and uh, yeah, an arc is flying in the sky, and he has no reference of like helicopters or airplanes. Like, you know, right. humans aren't supposed to be in the air. That's that's wild. <laughs> True. Um, however, I mean, he's had a few. Excuse me. He's had a few years now with the aliens and has that's seen true. their ships. That's true. That's, so that's I, true. He, he knows it's possible. You know, I, I'm sure he was a little confused as to why. Right. Uh, they had it. And then all of a sudden, it just comes to him. So clearly, this is the suit catching him up. I'm 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 guessing the suit uh, broke into the Wi-Fi network of a <laughs> you know a local uh, uh, Holiday Inn Express, and uh, <laughs> is downloading all the information and basically just pumps it into him of right. how long he's been gone, and in, and he's been gone for sixteen centuries. That's crazy. 1,600 years. That's crazy. Yeah, because you, you're not really sure how he gets this information. Is it like Neo where it just gets like injected into the back of his brain? Right. Is it a video montage on his helmet? Like, all we know is he he knows the information. Yeah. I He kind of goes through this sort of like, he, he he's in pain. I think the suit is like injecting the memories into him. Mm. I think it's painful. Because, I mean, he kind of gasped. I, I yeah. think we're just seeing he's just all of a sudden flooded with memories that he didn't have before. That's crazy. <clears throat> which is kind of interesting. Uh, which And he, he has the, the pilot that he had pulled out of the sh- ship and drops him. And uh, I like that, like, they drop him, and then he just kind of he zones out when he finds out. And then he finally goes down and gets the guy before he, you know, falls to 
falls and finds out the the Visigoths do not exist anymore. And I don't think he's being a good guy. I think he legitimately just needed information. Yeah. And that's why he dropped them on the ground. Because um, I think, you know, he's he's a Visigoth, so he's he's brutal. He's ruthless. So yeah. he would have dropped them. If, but he wanted information at that point. Yep. And he takes off. And then we get... <laughs> this part this part confused me until I remembered what happened. Right. We see this guy, he's in bed and he he sees he sees the armor on the news. And he gets out of bed and I like that he gets uh you see uh uh someone saying, "Oh, are we not interesting enough for you?" and we go back and he's got two women in bed. And then clearly he walks out and there's a whole bunch of people there. Yeah, it's weird. It's I'm really not exactly weird. sure if like they were just taking turns with him, or like, if it was supposed to be paying a whole. Them. I know. So I mean, they're clearly yeah. all prostitutes of some kind. Yeah. Uh, and but I couldn't tell if like he was just gonna take his turn with everyone, or if it was gonna know. be a giant orgy, or what's going on. It looks like some kind of weird cosplay convention gone wrong. <laughs> Or I would say in this case, gone right. Gone right. Well, he's p- probably paying a p- pretty penny, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he sits down, and then, poof, some sort of uh, psychic bond with other everyone else, and you see the lettering that is in the style of the vine, and so right. it, it was at this point, I'm like, oh, he's the baby, or he's mm. a relative of the baby. I don't right, know if the baby actually lasted that long, or maybe he's a descendant. Right. Yeah, yeah, this is cool. It's another one of those, like, you think you know where the story's going, but we're going to throw in a monkey wrench. Because mm-hmm. okay. there's no way you can predict that, right? Like, right. there's, yeah, it's cool. I, I, I love it. I love twists like this. So I was digging it at this point. And it's not just this one guy. There's several people that have been sort of planted on the, on Earth. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, uh, they get told that an invasion is imminent. The fleet is... Uh, is on its way, and that's where it ends. Yep. And then Alexander, who is kind of this, uh, the vine undercover, mm-hmm. we'll say, uh, we see that he's next in line to be the opposition to Eric. Arik. Mm-hmm. When I read it the first time, it was Eric. It wasn't until after it was Arik. So I okay. say Eric and Arik too. But yeah, so Alexander is in line to be the next, you know, villain. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And that's where this particular book ends. So, let's uh let's just kind of we've kind of we've really discussed this one at length. So, let's kind of dive into rough final thoughts and I'm going to start yeah. since this is your pick. I'll let you have last say on this. For sure. Um so I got to say I don't think I was in the right mindset when I read this the first time. Mm. Because the thing that kept pissing me off was how Auric just, all he did was basically berserk all the time. He was always angry and just, ah, and, you know, just going to kill things first and ask questions later. And, I mean, you really should think about it. Like, even at the beginning when he did it at the battle, I'm like, don't be stupid. Right. And and stuff. And so at the end of it, I'm like, oh, I don't like how that ended. I didn't like that we ended on such a cliffhanger and that was the end of the volume. I'm like, oh, damn it. Now I want to go read the next one to find out what happened. <laughs> well, that's funny you say that because I text you. I go, oh, I didn't realize it ended on four. Right. 
I thought it ended on like six or like like a normal uh, run goes, a, a normal arcs. You're like, no, one's good. I'm like, okay, okay. So, but, Well, uh, by the yeah. time you texted me, I was already out and about, and there was no way I was going to get to read the next one anyway. <laughs> for so. sure, for sure. Um, <laughs> so I, I have to say, at first, I wasn't a fan. Okay, um, And I'm still not sure that I'm – technically, I would call myself a fan. I will say getting to talk about it has gotten me to appreciate some of the story a little bit better. I liked the right. art. The art didn't bother me. Art was great all the way mm. through. It was fun. It was easy. It was you know it was easy to read as it were as mm-hmm. easy as art can be. Um, and I was ready to give it a two out of five. Uh, oh, wow! When I rate it, I'm gonna amend that, and I'm gonna bump it up a bit because I I think that. The, you do what you said about the world building is true. They're doing a good job of doing that here, and I think once we once Arik has kind of acclimated to what the situation actually is, it'll be a little bit more fun. Yeah, for me. So I'm going to bump yeah. it up to a three out of five for me. Okay, for this Solid. one. Solid. And that may that depending on how far it goes, because I know sometimes like sometimes a run can start slow. This is the beginning yeah. of this revival run. And if it was considered the best revival run of 2012, that means that it should only get better. Yes. So. I would say get to the Armor Hunters. Okay. That's a that's a great arc. So Cool. At so, least get through that. That's right. about halfway through. So for me, uh, I would just say like Valiant, if you're not familiar with Valiant, like take, take it a spin, you know? Uh, it's its own multiverse uh, comic book company and it's cool like there's there's a lot of great things i i I didn't realize this until i was reading it this time but like exo manowar is the four avengers so you have (laughs) the soldier out of time which is cap you have the high-tech armor iron man you have the the worthy aspect right thor and the vikings and things like that and then you have the hulk because as we said, Arik is just pissed off all the time. So if you if you like the Avengers, you're going to love EXO. Um, and then also, like, the vines are similar to the scroll. So mm-hmm. you could see a lot of Marvel influence in this. But I think they take it its own direction. And uh, I enjoy it, you know. And um, like I said, I now that I read this again, I'm probably going to revisit the series. Awesome. So I would get this. I'll, I'll give it a Four and a half out of five. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I can accept that. Well, Max, thank you so, so much for coming on here um, and, and introducing fun, me to a, a, to a new world. That's part of the reason why I did this was so that uh, I was forced to read new things that I probably wouldn't have <laughs> otherwise read on my own. Before we go, uh, let the folks at home know where they can find you out on the interwebs. Yeah, so Ready to Retro, we're on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we're on all those podcasting platforms. So if you like 80s, 90s, um, this episode is being released in August, so we're doing a Power Rangers month. We just finished up a Ninja Turtle month in July, so uh, check us out. If you are a 90s kid, I'm sure you'll find something that you like 
that we did on our podcast. And uh, there's plenty of awesome episodes that John and his brother Adam are on Ready to Retro. So make sure you check that out. You introduced me to uh, Gross Point Blank. So yes. that was a great movie too. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I'm, yeah. I was honestly kind of shocked, you guys. Neither Neither you nor Chelsea had seen that. Right. No, I've never seen that. So it's a good time. And and the last thing I'll say is people do not judge Valiant based off of Bloodshot, the movie. <laughs> um, oh, okay. Just don't, you know, because that was like, I, it was stupid. They should have started with Exo Manowar. This is perfect to be a movie. So Hollywood, make this into a movie. You got my money. All right. All right, folks. This uh, was another episode of Comics Underground. Hello everybody, I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. 